everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am excited. I've got a great repeat guest. His name is Eli Delaney. He is with Purple Night Marketing. And today, we're going to be having a little convo about how you can build awesome relationships using email. So, Eli, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, Brian. It's good to be here and hang out with you again. It's great to have you back, man. You know, I have always known you as a straight shooter of arrows. I know that you're <laughs> big into uh, shooting arrows. That's like kind of your bacon, you know. That, that is my hobby. How is the <laughs> archery going, man? Are you hitting the target in the center? That's the question. I am. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm, I'm bummed because right now, with everything being pseudo-lockdown still, all of the, the cool events had got canceled, so I didn't get a... Mm-hmm. My, my big one was actually in July, early July. We normally actually have a big competition, and we compete against Nottingham, England, Ooh. and we usually crush it every year, and I don't get to continue that this year, so I'm kind of bummed about that one. But other than that, it's still a lot of fun, and it's a great way to just get away, unplug from the computer for a while and have a good time okay so now i get the night part with the the england thing <laughs> but what's the purple for dude i have been known as the purple guy for my entire career quite honestly um my first business i think you know this uh, my first business was a web and graphic design agency yep and it was actually night times designs hmm. and my my company just when i created the first stuff it was before i even actually studied color theory purple was the color that I was drawn to. And then after I got to know it better, I realized why it worked so well. Cause you know, the behind the scenes from a, the theory standpoint is it stands for elegance. It also stands for nobility. It stands for harmony as well. And so it has all these things that really, you know, they really do work well with my concepts of how I live life and how I work with my clients. And it's continued on to everything else. So when I created the second company, which is what we do now, uh, Purple Night Marketing still kind of tied a little bit into it, but at the same time, still kept the purple guy around. Cool. Well, if you dig deep into the interwebs, way back yonder, when I opened up, I think my first recording studio, I had a little kid in there. I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he had a song on a 45. Remember those 45? Mm-hmm. It was, I love purple. So uh, somewhere out there in the interwebs, there's a guy singing your theme song. It is awesome. We'll have to find him. We'll have to find him. I'll, I, I'll chase him down and send you a link. I know I've got a copy of it. I do have a copy of it. But anyways, <laughs> we're not here to talk about purple. We're here to talk about awesome. So... One of the things is we met at a conference years ago, I believe it was at one of Ken MacArthur's, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And, you know, we've kind of maintained a relationship through email. You send out emails, I read them, I see you, I see you on social and things of that nature. But, um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, using social media basically to do what I call the connect and pitch, right? You mm-hmm. know, and I think that kind of falls from the you know, hey, if you if you shoot enough arrows at, you know, somewhere in the general direction, sooner or later, you're going to hit a target. 
So why is email the same? Why do people do that? Why are people just sending out random emails? Or what's the big problem with that? Because to be perfectly honest, that's the way a lot of people are teaching them to, to do it. It's a, um, your email list is your megaphone. It is your way to pitch your product. And that's where I think it's, a, it's actually a detriment to the relationship because any communication, it doesn't matter if it's email or texting or Facebook Messenger or any of that kind of stuff, people want to do business with people that they know, that they like, and that they trust. It is about the KLT factor. And email is, you know, a lot of people, it's so funny because in today's world, so many people are actually preaching that email, email is dead. It's not dead. It's because their emails suck. That's really what it is. People aren't opening them because they're pitching all the time. There's no relationship in it. And you're 100% right. I say that all the time. Here's the reason email will not die is because corporations have to use it. Mm-hmm. They need the tracking device. It is still the one universal thing that everybody has. You know, Not everybody. If you text grandma, grandma may not answer. If you Facebook, you know, Billy, the little kid, he may not answer. But email is something that's pretty universal. And you know, one of the things that you talked about was, you know, the, the kind of connect and pitch strategy of building these lists. So, you know, you see these ads on TV, you know, for constant contact, it's like, oh my God, you hit send. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, you know, look at all this business that we got, or you sent it without me being there. You know, it's like, but that's a myth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, here's the bottom line. I don't think it's so much that you have email use email or even the size of your list. It's about who you're sending it to and what you're sending. So kind of start walking us through what's the difference between spamming everybody that we're used to, you know, which happens all the time and starting to develop a relationship through email. So there's, it's, it's actually down to a very simple, simple psychological mindset shift. When you get an email, when you open it up, and let's say Bob sends you an email. We're just, we're just going to make this up. So Bob sends you an email and you open it up and it says, hey, I hope you're having a great week. I have this cool event coming up this next week. It's only $97. You should go check it out. Here's where you need to go. Here's the link. Is there any real connection there? No, just to my pocketbook. Exactly. Now, if you by chance get an email that says, hey, Brian, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. What are you up to this week? Is there anything I can help you with? What's the, what's the definition there? How, how does that feel? Well, it feels more like you care about me versus my pocketbook. <laughs> exactly. See, this isn't complicated stuff, but we make it harder than it needs to be. And there's, you can make it more complex. Like I'm, a, you know, I'm a big advocate for automation. I've got a campaign that literally runs for three years. I can go outside and get hit by a bus today. I'm still going to sell you stuff for three more years. Um, but it's not about the sales. It's about the relationship first. And that's where we want to stop and look at that because... If somebody opts, let's say they opt into a freebie that you have on a website, or maybe you're a speaker and you speak from stage and you have an opt-in, or maybe you're on a podcast or whatever, and the first thing that they get from you is an email that says, thank you for signing up. Here's the thing that I told you I would give you, which is great. But then the second email should be something more the lungs of, did you read it? Did you check out this thing on page five of the book? 
and get them engaged. But what most people do is they go immediately for the juggler and they're like, I hope you like the book. Here's what you need to do next. Go buy this thing. And there's no, there's no connection between. You've got to build the relationship. You've got to give value to them first because when you do that, the cool thing is when you do actually ask for a sale, it's so much easier because they've already gotten value from you. They want to pay more attention. And if it's a right fit, they'll call on you. They, they will be ready for it. The other thing that happens too, which I find is, you know, everybody downloads the freebie, right? Mm-hmm. How many people actually open it and read it? Very few. And that's, that's where we really focus on that from that get-go because that's like usually the, one of the first things that people do to get into that relationship um, is we really focus on the engagement with the thing, whether that's a checklist, a guide, a book, a video series, whatever. We, the goal is to, not to get them to buy. The goal is to get them to consume the thing because if they consume the thing, now they see how amazing you are and it makes it a lot easier when you go to ask them to actually buy. So then what you're saying is the first email is, hey, download my thing. Yep. Second email is, hey, did you read it? You know, I mean, I grew up New York Catholic, so my mother was a travel agent for guilt trips. So it's like, <laughs> mm, you know, maybe yeah. guilt them into reading it. And uh, what did you think of that thing on page two? There you go, right there. That's mm-hmm. the key. Because what you do by doing that is not only did you say, did you read it? But did you catch this thing on page two? Now you've struck their curiosity. Well, wait a minute. If I didn't read it yet, I don't know what's on page two. Now I need to go pick it up and read it so I can see what's on page two because I might be missing something important. Right. And then after they read that thing on page two, maybe you have another article that relates to that one specific thing. Mm -hmm. Could be a blog, could be a podcast, could be a worksheet, could be something that's like, hey, you know, now that you've checked that out, I've got something else for you. Here's some more value. Yeah. I'm not going to charge you. You don't pay for it. Nothing. Yeah. Just go get it yep. and work on this. And then when you're done, let me know how you did. Right? Yeah. And that's the cool thing is we're, we're asking for engagement. And there's a couple of keys from a, this is the technical geeky stuff right here, is that if you want better deliverability, there's a couple of things that come into play. Uh, one of the very first things is do they actually open it? Okay. Well, if you give them good value, they're more likely to open the email. If you give them bad value, they're not likely, they're going to see the next one that comes in and go, eh, whatever. Well, I'll read that later maybe. Um, so you've got to give them good value to get them to open it. But then the second thing is, do they click the link? Because if they click the link, that's like another point on the, on the totem pole there. And then the third thing is, let me know what you think. Because once you reply, that gives you even more points. That's where your email providers are sitting there going, okay, wait a minute, we're having a real conversation here. This might be, this might be somebody who's legit. So we need to deliver their stuff. So the email companies are actually watching. Now, does that happen with a, you know, a constant contact and fusion soft, which is now keep and, mm-hmm. you know, um, a Weber, all that kind of stuff. Can they actually tell that somebody's replying based on that? They're not the ones that see that. It's going to be like your like Gmail and Hotmail. The recipient side are the ones that are watching that stuff. Mm. Um, if you send me an email and I don't do anything with it, um, it may go into my promotions tab. 
if I if I you send me enough of them and I never do anything, it's actually going to be more likely that it'll actually tag it as spam because I haven't opened them. As a matter of fact, I have three emails that I actually pulled out of the spam box today from a legitimate marketer that I pay attention to, but I haven't been reading his stuff because I do know his stuff is always going to be a pitch, and I'm not in, I'm not in the mood to pay attention to what the pitch is. I know that right up front. I haven't unsubscribed because I still like his stuff, but because I haven't opened enough of his stuff, now I was thinking, well, maybe this guy's just spamming, spamming stuff. Um, so by opening it, that now says, okay, this is important. But then that whole point of taking it to that next level of actually replying, Gmail can actually go, wait a minute, this is actually a real conversation. Okay, well, maybe this should go in the main tab you know, and it's, and those are all things that go into play. Plus as on the side of say, keep an active campaign and those kind of sites, those guys kind of take, they pay attention to some of that stuff. And the more you have that showing open rates and stuff, the more they're going to give you some preference too. Um, that's where like double opt-ins come in play. Cause if you can actually get somebody to click that secondary link and double opt-in, I know Keep being a great example, they have two separate servers. The this first server is for everybody. The second server is for people that are just double opted in, and that's the one that they give higher priority to. So it does make sense to kind of go through that and really verify people. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, obviously buying names off of lists is not good. Um, no, that's a bad thing. That's yes. a bad, bad, bad thing. <laughs> you know, signing people up, which happens all the time. I mean, they're legit customers, but we're not mm -hmm. double opting them in. Right. Um, you know, can not only lead to complaints, but obviously there's there's more to it. Okay, so let's let's kind of dig a little deeper into this. If you were to, because bottom line, what you're talking about is don't do an email and look at an email as a standalone device. Look at look at email as a sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you were to decipher the sequence, um, how you know? Obviously, we've kind of laid out the first one is give it away. Second one, ask them a question. Third one, deliver some more stuff doesn't end, you know, because I get people that say I'm going to write a 10 email drip, a seven email drip, a five email drip, you know, is there any magic number? Is there anything that, you know, people should be thinking about? Or is it really just depend on who you're talking to, what your offer is and what your business is like? There's, there's a couple of factors on that. First thing is that you have you separate things down into smaller components. Think about a think about a big machine. Each smaller component runs in its own creature, and then they all work they work together. So let's say we're talking about the opt in from the get go. That could be a smaller campaign, and that could be three to five emails, uh, which is fine. But then they should go into a long term general nurture campaign, and that's the one where I love this piece specifically because of the fact that this is where you can add a ton of value and you convert the people who haven't already bought in to loyal fans that down the road they will buy from you when they are ready as opposed to looking for somebody else and great example of this is um, in my general nurture I have literally have that campaign it does run for three years automatically it's all evergreen it's a ton of value and, you know, my running, literally my running joke is the fact I could go outside and get hit by a bus today. I'm still going to sell you stuff for three more years. Um, but it isn't just about the selling. Again, I talk about books that I recommend. A great example, uh, The Go-Giver. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of, probably heard of it from Bob Berg. Interviewed That's a book Bob. that I, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, um, I have interviewed him too, which is awesome. He's a great, great guy. But I 
had that book. I read the book. I thought it was awesome. So I, I wrote an email about why I thought it was so powerful and that every entrepreneur should read it. And I put that into my system and it goes out automatically in the system without me touching it. If somebody got it three years ago, it was valid. If they get it today, it's, it's valid. Um, but here's where this comes into play on the, the bigger scale of things is if you do this right, I like as an example that I have, um, have you read the, the Greatest Salesman? I have not read that one, no. Okay, I highly recommend it. Everybody listening, please go pick that up. It's an amazingly good book and it's a very quick, easy read. Um, but that book is one, when I read it, I thought it was awesome. And of course, I have to share this stuff. So I put it, I wrote an email, I put it out there. And it was probably about two years ago, I get an email back from somebody that I knew. I'd actually known her for over 20 years. She was, she'd become a client and I was a client of hers back in my previous company when I had my design agency. Uh, she was a photographer and she had done all my pictures and I helped her with some logo stuff and some business cards and things like that. And I get this email out of the blue that says, Eli, I wanted to let you know I picked up The Greatest Salesman this last Friday um, after you had recommended it to me and I read it over the weekend. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I was really in a bad place. My business has been struggling and I was about ready to just quit and go get a job. And after I read that book, it totally re-energized me. It told, showed me what I wasn't focusing on that I should have been. And I'm gonna completely get back out there and do the right thing because I know this is what I should be doing and this is what I love to do and I love helping people. Thank you so much for sharing that book. So that yeah. is an awesome email. <laughs> that is an awesome email. I literally helped save her business. She was going to throw in the, tail, the towel and I helped save her business. All I did was share a book. It wasn't my book. I didn't ask for anything in return. There was no pitch involved. Um, but here's where this stuff really gets magical. That email now, remember, I said that this email, she, she wrote it to me about two, somewhere between two and three years ago. She had replied back. I wrote that email over seven years ago. And it's been in my system, in the sequence, doing its thing automatically. Hmm. I wrote it back then. I made sure it stayed evergreen, and it's something that I share over and over again with thousands of people every single year. And I, I don't even know how many lives it has changed by making that one difference, but I only had to write it once. And I know for a fact it has made a difference because I have this one case study right there. And that's the fun thing about it. You add stuff like that into the mix, you're changing people's lives and you bet when they need what you have, they're going to remember you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pitch them all the time. And if you think evergreen, it can literally last forever. So the bottom line is you set up this sequence. It goes on for three years. I'm guessing it's once a week. So 52 times three is 156 emails. Yep. So then occasionally, if you have something, like for example, I just finished a book. Uh -huh. I can go in and just interject an email somewhere in the middle of that saying, hey, by the way, I just wrote a book. Here it is. Here's the link on Amazon. Check it out. And yeah. so the rest of the sequence keeps going. But, you know, as you get things, you can just kind of like plop them in or add them on top of what they're already getting, right? Exactly. And the cool thing about it is that if you've done 
this methodology from the get-go and you're sharing books, maybe videos you found, maybe cool articles, some of it yours, some of it other people's tips, tricks, resources, stuff that isn't about them buying your stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you interject a promotion of some sort, like you have your book for sale, or maybe you're launching a podcast, or maybe you have a new coaching program, or you have a webinar coming up, or whatever it is. Now they've gotten so much value from you from the other stuff that are simple. We're not talking give away the farm. We're talking very simple tips, tricks, resources, books, things like that. But you've given them so much value over so much time that when you have something for sale, they're, they're okay with you pitching. They're okay with you making that offer because when you, they see the email, they're like, Oh, what's Brian got today? Let me check a look. And when you, when they look at it, they're like, Oh, cool. He's got his new book out. We need to go get that Mm -hmm. because you've got so much good karma built up that by adding that into this other stuff, it's, it makes the sale easy because all you have to do is ask and those people are much more likely to want to work with you, to want to support you. I mean, you'll get people that, because of that, you'll get people to buy your book that want to support you, not because they actually want, are ever going to read the book, you mm-hmm. know? And, and to be perfectly honest, that's okay. Obviously, we want them to read the book so they get the value out of it. But if people want to support you because you've supported them so well for so long, that's a good place to do, to be. And to be perfectly honest, I, I told you my business, my previous company was a web and graphic design agency. That got was started over 25 years ago. And just, I believe it was three months ago, it might be four months now, um, I had a client who has been a client the entire time. Hmm. And she came and she said, I need to close everything up. I've actually merged with another company and it just doesn't make any sense for me to have my own stuff along with their stuff and made perfect sense. And the stuff they had looked beautiful and I'm not building websites. I haven't built websites in over a decade now, Uh, but she stayed on as a client. But then I found out she had actually made this merger three years ago, but her loyalty to me was so strong that she kept her website on with us and still had it because of the loyalty she had with us. If she had come to me three years ago and said, okay, I've merged with this other company. I really don't need to do this anymore. I'm like, I would have been bummed, but at the same time, I would have totally understood that she stayed with me and paid me every single month for an extra three years because of the relationship that we have. That's what we're talking about here. Right. All right. So the takeaway from all this stuff is that you've got three different components. The first component is I've been on stage. I've met somebody. I'm going to give them something. There's a mini email sequence that comes out and says, here's my thing. Hey, did you read it? Here's some additional value. And no matter what, it could be three, five, 10 emails, some kind of sequence that builds upon that. The other thing that you've got is this just kind of generic sequence that's running in the background that has value that's going on. And then the third part is some places, if you have something that you want to sell, maybe it's a boot camp, maybe it's another speech, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a course or coaching program, 
you can interject those because those people are following ar- uh, along with the other stuff. But I think the, b- the biggest question everybody's going to ask is, how do I fill 150 emails or 50 emails or whatever? And I know you, dude. I know you've got something that's going to show them how to do that. So why don't you tell us about you know how they can figure out that, that piece of it? Yeah, we have basically what I did about... Oh, a year and a half ago, somewhere right around there, I finally figured out a way to package what we had actually been doing as an agency for people. We actually don't take on agency clients anymore. Um, we've actually found a way to package it up so it's much more affordable for us to actually give you the system to implement this entire process. And we're not talking just a couple of campaigns. We're talking a networking follow-up, your freebie, your client onboarding, all the different things that you have in your communication with people, whether it be a prospect you meet or a connection. I don't even like to call them prospects yet because they're just a connection. You don't know if they're actually interested yet. Um, You know, connections, prospects, clients, referral partners, anybody across the board. Um, Everything that I've built in the last, literally the last decade, I figured out a way to actually package it into a system and we created what we call the follow-up rockstar system. And that's, I'm very proud of it because it's been a ton of work, but it's actually made what we do very streamlined and very easy for people to follow. Um, It's a lot of fun and we've gotten some amazing results from it. Cool. So if they want to learn more about that, what's the best way for them to do that? The easiest way to actually is, is to have a conversation with me and you can find out, you can connect with me at connectwitheli.com and it is E-L-Y, connectwitheli.com. And when you go there, you're going to see all kinds of stuff. All my social media is there. This is basically a hub. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the things on there is to actually book a call with me. And I love to talk to people. Like one of my, my catchphrases, I've got a ha- my own hashtag of meet cool people. If somebody listening to this wants to have a conversation with me, book a call with me, say you heard me on the Bacon Podcast, and I would love to chat with you. And if the conversation leads to talking about that program, awesome. If it doesn't, and I can help you some other way, that's cool too, because I'm really about the connection more than anything else. Cool. Well, Eli, man, it was good catching up with you again. Thanks for dropping what I consider to be some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps because, I mean, basically you dropped a lot of magic in the way that you do your email. And I appreciate you and your time, and I hope to have you back again soon, man. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun, and that's what makes the difference. Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.